Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast, where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you an edge on Kajabi. I'm your host, Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience. And today I am joined by my friend, Caroline Bruni, founder of Organize, Curate, and Design. How is it going today, Caroline? I am really well, thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you for coming. And you are our first guest in Australia. How does yeah, it feel? Your, your listeners will be like, what did she say with my Aussie <laughs> accent? It's not that so, yeah, We hear a lot of Aussie accents on media these days, but it, it feels really good. We were talking just before we started recording about that I'm in the future when yes. it comes to where you are. You're um, a day I ahead. Say, I can't say the future's all that different to where you are today, but <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It's really like it's summer here in Melbourne, Australia, and it's good. It's it's really exciting to be your first Australian guest. I love it. And yeah, it's not the first, but second guest of the new year. So first Australian, second <laughs> new year guest. I get all the badges. Yes, all of the badges. So uh, we're talking to you from the future, but I'm first going to ask you a little bit about the past. Uh, so I guess, but before we actually, before we go into that, let's, uh, let's just go right into your kind of like your 15, 30 second elevator pitch. Tell us all about what organized curate design is um, in a paragraph. So we are a service-based business that support busy people to get things done. Now that can be busy people that want to get things done in their lives and they need help with their life admin and mental load, or it can be small business owners and entrepreneurs. We work with a lot of them and we support them with admin and logistics um, of their tasks. So we essentially take your to-do list, we help you analyze it and we help you get things done. Very nice. Very nice. Well, that sounds like something that I could definitely use. And I imagine (laughs) many, 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 many people could utilize. So uh, with that said, now let's kind of take a, take a look back in history. I'd love to kind of get a feel for how this all started. What were you doing before this? What's kind of the life story? Yeah, of course. So I have always always been a super organized person. I come from a really big big extended family. So I have 28 first cousins. I am born on Christmas Eve. So I'm used to having really big extravagant birthday parties and lots of things (laughs) going on. And I think growing up in an environment like that, there were some skills that I picked up while watching our family organize parties and everyone had something to do and there was just a lot to do. And so I liked lists. I liked being organized. Organized. I like. I loved throwing parties. I um. I, I just loved that. But I didn't realize it was actually a job. And it wasn't until my late teens, early twenties that I discovered that event management was this entire industry. And it was funny because now that I look back, I'm like, well, of course it's an industry. Like, who organizes the concerts and the weddings and the you know sports events? Of course that's an industry. But I think as a child, I just hadn't realized that that was a career path. So I stepped into the events industry and I did that for quite some time, about fourteen years. And worked in lots of different spaces uh, and ended up becoming a director, a part owner of a business that specified in providing first aid and medical services to events. So it was really niche. Um, and I brought the event skills and then my business partner who had founded the business brought um, the medical and um, operational side of the business. And so I did that for a while, uh, all whilst raising a young family and doing a million other things as you do. And I remember in probably late 2016, early 2017, we were at a peak in that business. We were at a, a growth period. Um, I had two young boys. I have two, they're not young boys anymore, but at the time they were really young. And 
I remember thinking to myself, oh, I've got all this life admin that I just need to get on top of. And because I'm really organized, it wasn't for me meal planning and day-to-day micro tasks. It was, I needed to update my will. I needed to consolidate what we call superannuation, what I think you guys call a 401k or something like that. I was talking to someone in the States recently and I had to change my terminology, but those sorts of long-term, not urgent, but important items. And I just started Googling. I was like, maybe there's a life assistant out there that could help me with that. And that was the first terminology that came to my head and I couldn't find it, it probably because I was searching for something that didn't exist. <laughs> and I found VAs and EAs and I hadn't quite stumbled on the term concierge, but that really didn't resonate for me either because when I thought concierge, I thought the person at the hotel desk that buys your Broadway tickets. Like I didn't, it didn't resonate for me that that person would do chores and things. And I wasn't in a financial position to get a butler. So (laughs) all of those things that uh, kind of came to mind weren't what I thought I needed. And in true entrepreneurial style, the further I looked, the further I couldn't find what I needed. And the, the more I thought, wait, there's something in this. I think I should start something. So I spoke to some friends and family and said, if I was to start something like this, or if this was to exist, would you would you pay for something like that? And a lot of my friends who I'm the organize, I'm often the most organized one in my circle of friends, they would say, Well, yeah, but if I could just get in the car on the way to school drop-off with both like my kids having their the right shoes on or like their lunch box in their school bag or not running late, that's the stuff that I'm stressing out about. It's actually not even my will. And I took that stuff for granted because being an organized household, we ran kind of like military. Everything was really organized. So I had to stop and really think about the the user and who that avatar client was. So in July of 2017, I registered Organized Curate Design. And even in the name, the name was a bit kitschy and uh, it was meant to have a bit of a catch to it. So anyone that's paying attention will notice that the initials are OCD. And I had been told many a time that I was very OCD. Now I'm also really conscious that OCD is a real mental health issue and and whatever else. And and we do really back away from using the acronym because the business name stands for itself. So the plan was always to help people organize whatever was going on, be it in their business or their life, to curate that space. So to identify the things that weren't working, things we needed to pull in, kind of like when you curate an art gallery and a space, you you know what's working and and what's complementing the space and what isn't. And and that's the same when it comes to changing things in your life. And then together with the client, we help them design their new life and what they want to do moving forward. So that was the concept. And then I just dived in. I started as a side hustle. I'm still working and running the other business. And then in 2018, I jumped in full-time and took that leap of faith and it's 2021 here we are. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I'd love to kind of get, I guess, dig in a little bit more on, uh, so it kind of paint the picture of what this looks like. I, so you're service-based. Are you, and maybe this changed now that we're in the middle of a pandemic, undoubtedly, yeah, yeah, I yeah. imagine some things had to change, but 
were your life life assistants? Is that the correct term? Yeah. Initially, that's what our term, like we've changed, as you said. We've, okay. Things have changed a lot based on just business changing, but also based on the pandemic and, and sure. where our skills have been. But in the early days, the concept was definitely having a life assistant. And that person, which was me running around behind the scenes whilst running another business, because <laughs> I thought that would be a really good idea. And I then didn't end up doing the things on my to-do list that had prompted the idea in the first place, but that's a whole nother conversation. The the whole concept was everyone has things on their to-do list. So it may be things as simple as I need to do my laundry and I need to buy groceries and I need to book the, you know, my my flights because I need to go interstate um, next week. But all of those are tasks and some people are really good at managing those tasks and some people are terrible at managing those tasks. Um, And some people just are, are time poor or they prefer to be doing other things. So the concept was if the task has an admin or logistics component that we could do it, we could do elements of it for you. So I would say most of our clients are women. So I would say, I can't attend your medical appointments for you, but I can book it for you. And I can research who, if you need a specialist, like we can do that research for you and we can find an appointment that works in your schedule and find out what the fees are and what the ongoing fees are. And all of that stuff, you either spend time Googling or spend hours on the phone. And if you're working a nine to five job or if you're busy with a family, you don't get time to do those things. So we would take the burden of the admin and logistics and then we would give it back to to you when it was almost packaged up and you just had to do the last few bits and pieces. So things like laundry, we would find services um, that would, there's a great service here that picks up your laundry just at your doorstep, um, takes it away overnight, washes it, folds it, brings it back and you just put it back in your wardrobe. And, and for people that are time poor that have the budget to do that, that was a great service, but they didn't have time to research the service or even book on the day, but they could obviously put their laundry on their doorstep. So that was the premise initially. It was anything to do with your life admin, anything on your to-do list. And I had this gimmick where I would say, if it's legal, we can make it happen. Now in my <laughs> head, it was always a bit like unethical because there was yeah. definitely some stuff I didn't want to do. But it was definitely, uh, just tell me what you need and, and let me make life easier for you. As the business started to progress, I realized that the people that I wanted to service were not necessarily the people that would convert to clients. So I was really, really focused on the busy parents because I was a busy parent and that was the initial prompt to start the business. But busy parents weren't converting. And I, no matter what I did, I, I just, they were like, I love this idea, but I don't know if it was budget. I, like it partly was budget. It was partly guilt of, oh, but surely I'm an adult and I should be able to get my laundry sorted and it was a mindset shift um here in australia we have a term called tall poppy syndrome which essentially is like this you don't want to show off you don't want to seem like you've got like it's it's actually really the opposite of what i see when i speak to people from the u.s you guys shout from the rooftops when you're doing good stuff and i love it like i love that hey look at me i've got something awesome and if i've got something awesome then you could do something awesome and it's such an encouraging environment we unfortunately have this environment here at times where if you're doing really well and you could afford for someone to do your laundry, you don't want your neighbors to know because that would be showing off and you don't want to show off. And so there was a bit of that that I was battling with as well. It was a 
bit cultural. So, but what I did notice is the people that were converting were small business owners. So they would say, yeah, I am a parent and I am struggling with these things, but I'm also like, I need a new graphic designer and my business cards are really out of date or I need a new website or um, I need just some shirts for the team and, and we need to get them branded. And there's all these different companies and every time I end up with five different quotes and then it gets too overwhelming and I don't do anything about it. So it was the same concept, but it was in the concept of doing that for business. So I then just merged into that space and pretty much just said, it doesn't matter if it's life or business. Holistically, if you're an entrepreneur, you do both because we don't really take our hats off very often. Um, Sometimes we're working at the kitchen bench. That's just part of being an entrepreneur. So that's the first kind of phase of when the business changed. Um, But it was still this real emphasis on if the task has an admin and logistics component, that's the part we'll do. Um, As the business has changed again in the last few years, uh, we had always, Australia's a really big place. Like it takes ages to get everywhere. (laughs) So we had always had a component where we would consult with people interstate via Zoom and whatever else. And if we could service their needs remotely, we would do that. So when the pandemic hit, we just put everything in place. Um, We'd already had the core of that for our interstate clients. So we just offered that to everyone. And it meant that we probably had to put a few things down where we were doing physical things for people, but most of what we could do, we could continue to do. And last year in 2021, we changed our terminology. So as opposed to being a life assistant, we changed that to life specialist because our our services are so holistic and we come with a level of expertise and understanding of life that all business, business specialist is the other term we use, that is really different to a VA. And so we needed to really emphasize that point of difference. And, and that's where we sit today. Maybe you can uh, talk a little bit more about just those differences specifically. Like what what does differentiate uh, you from a virtual assistant, an executive assistant, a personal assistant? Yeah, I, I think it's it's a combination of things. So one is the services that we offer. So we don't necessarily do a lot of the final doing. So I, I've worked, I've actually, we've got a VA that we work with in our, um, for our business and she does a lot of the doing. Um, she gets in there and she writes the, you know, she writes the copy or she plays with the design or she does the thing. And that's great. And we do a little bit of that for some of our business clients when we're looking at their business holistically and we, we probably wear a few different hats for them. But when it comes to new clients that come through, it's more about we, the, the, what makes us different is we guide them through that process. And that's where our business then kind of comes back into play. That curation part and that design part is really important. And without the expertise of my years in event management and being able to run million dollar events with a team of 15 people and, um, and mastering just having all those balls in the air and making really clear decisions and not having any of that, you know, decision freeze or decision fatigue and being able to help people plan out their goals. It's, it's quite high level. So though we used to do a lot of that micro task based work when we were in the assistance space, we've shifted and and now it's let us find you a team that can do that. So I might help them map out a strategy and my team might help them do the first few steps of that strategy. But once we find that we're moving into the micro task space, that's when we're often really transparent and say, our fees are not sustainable to do micro tasks. So why don't we find you a great VA and why don't we find you a great bookkeeper and why don't we find you these people we'll still do the admin logistics of that so because we understand the goal and we understand what you're trying to 
achieve. But at the same time, we can help you manage that process because we understand your mission. You know, some people might see that as a business coach. Some people might see that as like it, it doubles into so many spaces. And I think that's been my biggest challenge. I We spread ourselves across so many different things. So finding the one terminology <laughs> to um, cover everything is, is always really hard. And, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs like myself, we're always changing our minds. So we're always thinking up new ideas and and whatever else. And so that as well, I I thought, you know, so right now we're sitting with specialists. Two years' time, it might be something different. I might not step into the guru space, but maybe one day I'll call myself a guru. We'll see. Sure. Well, changing your mind, adapting, pivoting, uh, whatever you want to call it, I think it's all important part of the business journey. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about like kind of, I guess, the the transition to moving online and moving this business online. What did that look like? like for you? Yeah. So as I said, we had um, a lot of clients that we serviced interstate. Um, So, you know, it takes two hours to fly from here to Queensland. Um, And two hours is a long time. Like just Australia is just one of those places. It's just really big and it takes ages to get everywhere and we're tucked away in the bottom of the world. And we feel really, it's when I travel, when I used to travel overseas, um, it made me realize how far away we are from so many things. So there was always an element of the business that we did online in the sense of communicating online and using tools for communication that worked for our clients. Um, but when it came to moving our my expertise into an online space and into an online course, I had always been really... I don't even know if it was hesitance. I just, there was just this spark missing for me and I couldn't quite work out what it was. And I, um, I have to give a huge shout out to Tina Tower, who is a, you know, a Kajabi superstar, um, but a superstar in the online course world as well. So Tina, I've known for quite some time in lots of different business aspects. And, and every time I'd spoken to her, she was like, when are you going to do this online world thing? And I'm like, I don't know. We'll get, like, we'll get there. And, and I couldn't quite work out what was missing and, and Tina wrote a book um, and released it in 2021 all about how to launch your online course and, and how to do that through Kajabi which was amazing and but funnily enough I didn't think that reading a book would be the thing that would get me into the online space because it's a physical book like it's not normally how things work out but it, it was and but even then I, as I looked through it and I thought about all of the skills that I had collected over the years of running organized curate design but also my event management skills which are obviously the core of the business and the time management aspect of our business, I couldn't quite work out what the spark was. And then one day I realized what it was and and I just simply didn't want it to be boring. And I don't know if it's because I talk about time to task management day in and day out, but I'm like, oh my goodness, it's so boring. (laughs) It's just boring sometimes. And I know that like no one wants to do their to-do list. No one wants, unless you're making a really beautiful dinner and having a dinner party and it's exciting. No one wants to go grocery shopping. No one wants to pay their bills or get their car service. And even when it comes to like an exciting goal, like you might have this great goal that you've got, but all the work, like sometimes there's just fiddly, monotonous work. That's the super boring stuff, but that's the stuff I do. <laughs> like that's the stuff I teach people. And I, I, was, I say to clients all the time when they often say, oh, the reason I haven't gotten to this is because it's like, you know, it's so just frustrating. And every time I like, I get distracted because more 
important things or more interesting things to do. I'm like, yeah, I'm the only crazy person that thought it was a good idea to start a whole business around the stuff that people find boring and they don't want to do. So I, like, I worked it out. I was like, oh, that's why. Like I thought to myself, who on earth is going to want to sit through an online course to talk about stuff that they don't even want to do in the first place? So there was a day where I was like, okay, I need to not even worry about the content. I, I know the content. I, I could talk about it in my sleep. I need to work out what the marketing is. That's that's going to be the spark. And there was a day where I was, I've got you know, kids and my, my youngest is like video game mad and, and he's always playing and telling me about something. He Like he could rattle off all the Nintendo stats. He could tell you who started it, what year it started, what the name was, like all of the things. And he was telling me something and I was probably not listening. I was doing like the mum nod <laughs> where I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I think I just tuned in a bit and I was like, oh, there's something in that. Like there's something in that gaming fun. And, you know, I was born in the 80s. Like I'm an 80s retro kid. I was like, there's something in that. And I was telling him about a video game I used to play when I was a kid called Paperboy, which was on the Atari. And it was really cool and like the really retro sounds. And I was like, there's something in that. And it's like, that's it. We've got to gamify this. We've got to make this boring time management stuff super duper cool. So I just started thinking about it. I was like, how do we make, make it a game? How do we make it levels? How do we make it animated? How do we do that? And I worked out the entire marketing plan and the entire look and feel of it and then went backwards and went, oh, okay, now look, I have to write modules and I have to write content. And that was how I kind of made the decision after reading Tana's book and understanding the structure, I made the decision to jump into the online course world and I wrote the con, like made the decision on the marketing. We wrote the, I wrote the content for the six week course and created it and launched it and did all the things in five weeks. Wow. <laughs> so when I set my mind to something, being goal oriented and a non procrastinator, I can get stuff done really fast, but I've got to have the motivation. And once I could see that gamified, animated, pixelated world in my head, I was like, I know exactly what this is going to be and I can just, I can make it now, which is amazing amazing like the, the speed at what we have made this course world is really really cool yeah and i think you really touched on something kind of unique and kind of kind of cool like as as i talk to other uh, people who are exploring the space and like kind of considering this a lot of times people walk into this with their you know they have an idea they know what they want to talk about and even like myself sometimes i think about this like i got a kajabi account maybe i can you know <laughs> i can mm, make something yeah. but like when you think about the structure and the and the, and the content you kind of you can obsess over that area you built the marketing plan first. Is there anything from that aha moment from you that you feel like is like, can we can, is there anything we can extract from that? Definitely. So first of all, my biggest fear was that it was going to be boring and no one was going to buy it because really that's what like, you know, I would love to say that the only reason I do this is for the love of it, but no one gives up five weeks of their time <laughs> to sure. do something for the love of it. Like I've got passion projects that I do that have nothing to do with the business and they're for the love of it because I don't make any money from those passion projects. But if you are a bit about to make something that you want to use your skills and your expertise and you want to share it with the world to make money and it isn't a passion project, then you have to think about the marketing. And if you're slightly thinking that someone's not going to buy it, you need to analyze why. And for me, 
probably because I talk about this stuff every day. I was like, oh, this could be really boring. And I gen- I like, I genuinely don't want it to be boring. And I also didn't want it to be like every other time and task management course I've seen marketed. Now they all serve a purpose. Some people really like the corporate based stuff and that because they live in the corporate world, but I don't. And I have it for a really long time. I've worked for myself for a really long time, kind of run my own schedule, do my own thing. Now I'm still really organized and I still get all my stuff done, but I knew that that kind of look and feel wasn't going to, wasn't going to resonate for me. And therefore it wasn't going to resonate with the audience we already have that's used to seeing the things I say and how I say it. So that I was really conscious of that. So knowing the audience was really important, but we're in a pretty flooded market at the moment, not necessarily when it comes to online courses, but just in general, I spend time on social media and I'm constantly bombarded with information. And then I turn the TV on and I'm bombarded with information and my you know nine-year-old talks to me about video games and I'm bombarded with information. So it's just information overload. And if you can't find something that's going to cut through, and if you can't find something that's really going to market what you're trying to sell and what you're trying to share with the world, then you might have a problem and you might be disheartened and you might be discouraged when you start. So don't get me wrong, like we're still really early days. We as I started creating the course in September, we finished it in October. Now I say the course, there's actually two courses. So I wrote a six-week pilot or six-week program that I launched as a pilot behind the scenes. We used Kajabi. I selected some participants and I ran them through that between November and December. Whilst we launched publicly a mini course, which was, you can probably do it in a couple of hours. It's $99. It's called Game On. And it was just to test the market. So we wanted to test our marketing. We wanted to test this new gamified look and feel that we had. So we used that as an opportunity as well. And the feedback was amazing. What was also amazing was this is the opposite to every single piece of branding that has ever existed for my business. So organized curate design is all monochrome. It's super slick. Everything is polished because the whole purpose of that part of the business and the service-based business was we've got it together. Bring, Bring us your chaos. We will help you manage the chaos. And if we were too kind of eclectic and bright and confusing, I was like, nope, super streamlined, super monochrome. But then we created our gaming world and it's all pixelated. And even today, like I'm in my yellow shirt, which is my little cartoon pixelated characters in her yellow shirt. And and it's so colorful and it's silly. And even all the photos I've taken and videos I've taken to go with the marketing, like it's me pulling silly faces and jumping around my lounge room and and that sort of stuff, which I would never have done in our original branding because it didn't, it wasn't part of the branding. So all of that was really well thought out because I knew that I had to get people's attention. And if it was a combination of, well, people have been watching, or people in our community have been watching us for a while and watching me for a while. So how do I make them sit up and pay attention again? Because they're like, wait, she's not wearing black or wait, why is she jumping around? And where's this cartoon person come from or whatever? Because that's going to get their attention. Or if they're not in our community and who doesn't love a retro video game? Like everyone's going to pay attention to that. So 
that for me was how do I make this not boring? That's why the marketing is really important first. And then I know my stuff. So the content wasn't going to be hard, but we can get really stuck on the content as well. I think we really need to trust that we know our audience and we know what they like. And if we don't, then we need to explore that. So yeah, I think yeah. That there's a real lesson there in the marketing. Yeah, yeah. I, I have so many like different ways I could go with this, but I want to, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to uh, drill in a little bit on like the launch and like what you were looking for, what you expected, what ultimately happened. Like, how was that process for you? Yeah. So I have a really wonderful past client who I, um, who kind of works in the celebrity influencer space. And she was my first go-to when it came to how I wanted to launch this. So we've done a few campaigns together since we stopped work. Since she stopped being a client, we've kind of switched hats and I've become a client of hers and she's done influencer campaigns for us. And so she was the first person I wanted to reach out to, to, to really push it out to a bigger market. So we've got a pretty decent following. We're really comfortable with it. But as you know, influencers have, but that's their job. It's their job to influence. So she was the first person I went out to and I just said to her, like, what do you think about this? Um, is it something you think your audience would like? We have a really similar demographic of audience. Um, and I said, I'm just curious as well, because you've seen super slick organized curate design branding. And she's like, this is so cute and so fun and I think they're going to love it. So we launched and we had yeah, some trickles come through and, and people showed lots of interest, but conversion is still conversion. And then as I knew would happen because she's very good at what she does, we did a campaign and I think we gained something like 1,200 new followers on our Instagram in 24 hours wow. <laughs> because that's the power of influence. But we also had about 15 people buy the course because of this influencer campaign. Now that's great. And that was like amazing because I was like, I did have a moment where I went, okay, this was a great idea, but was it really a good idea? Because until the sales come through, it yeah. doesn't mean anything yet. But I think the part that I loved the most was even though 15 is still 15 and that's great, but it wasn't through the roof. It was how many people started following us and engaging with our content and joining our mailing list and just that broader reach that you want because sometimes people aren't ready. It was early December. The last thing I would want to be doing in early December is a time management course. I've got a million other things to do. Christmas is coming up. The holidays are coming up here in Australia because it's summer. People don't have time to even think about time. So it was a soft launch essentially. And what's been really interesting is a lot of those people that joined due to that marketing that we did in November are now showing up in, in January and they're all like, oh, New Year's resolutions and new 2022 me is going to be so much better at my time management and they're converting now because it's in their heads, the marketing stuck. We've been consistent um, and we're gearing up to formally launch Level Up, which is our six-week course. And we're doing you know, a, a limited launch from the 31st of January. And all of those people that have been paying attention are now starting because we've just opened the waiting, like, you know, publicized the waiting list. And now we can see them talking on the waiting list. And they're like, okay, we really like this. There's something in this and we want to be better this year. So we, they want to get involved and and so that's it's been quite strategic. I 
my team always make me laugh because that when I said, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to create an online course in September. And then I took a week off, wrote all the content in a week. Um, so I wrote all the modules out. And then I came back from my week off, which was just me writing <laughs> all week. And I was like, okay, well, it's ready. Like we could, we could build this and, and do this. And team gets so excited. They're like, yep, let's do it. Let's launch it. And I went, just look at the timing. If we launch this prior to Christmas, we won't get what we want out of it because people don't have time at this time of the year. Like, let's do a pilot, test it, make sure it works, that we don't have any kinks, we don't want to change anything. And they get so disheartened because they're like, oh, okay, we know you're right, but we could totally do it. I'm like, let's not bust ourselves to try and do it. Let's just do a pilot instead. And it was definitely the smartest way to go. So we are pretty much all guns blazing, ready to ready to launch now. It's pretty much ready. It's just sitting in the wings now. Um, and we're just doing all of our marketing and, and ready to hit go. Well, yeah, I think that's such a, such a cool strategy too, to kind of start out with version one the smaller the, the pilot version of yeah. it to, to kind of get, get an idea of how quickly your audience is going to adopt this and that's really it's a cool success story to see some of the people who maybe didn't convert now start to pay attention when you're yeah. kind of getting more serious about this um I, I gotta I gotta dig into this because I imagine our listeners are, are going to go bonkers if I don't ask this question <laughs> Uh, what are you willing to share? Or you, maybe you make everyone purchase your course to find out. What are you willing <laughs> to share in terms of like how you're gamifying and like what are you doing to? Yeah. I guess uh, tell us, tell us what whatever you're willing to share. Cool, of course. Um, so the first thing I have to always say to people is, I wish that I would have had time in my five week frantic to make an actual video game, but it's not a video game. So I would really love to have made it that you play, and we use the terminology "come and play with us" and all that sort of stuff but it isn't and maybe that's what we'll do one day but just the animation itself was hard work and we've had an amazing animation team um, from Slivel Media who have made all of our um, you know, animated characters and all of our animated videos and that's been really cool but to answer your question essentially what we've done is as opposed to our traditional organized create design branding everything for the course lives in this online world so all of our marketing and all of the visuals animated me and and all of our course worksheets are bright and colourful and have all of these different characters. We've got this really awesome quiz. It's actually a quiz. There's two. So there's one that's to the public that anyone can access via our social media. And essentially, it helps you understand how organised you are. And the three answers essentially end up being, are you a hot mess? And hot mess character is hilarious. She's missing a shoe. She has some green stuff stuck in her hair. She's... Um, She's a little bit disheveled, but everyone knows that person. Like everyone has that friend that's always late. And then when they get there, they don't have the thing that they were supposed to bring for you. And uh, you have to tell them that dinner is at 7.30 when dinner's really at eight, because you know, they're still <laughs> going to be late anyway. And they're just, they're like this adorable friend that you kind of need to corral and like keep them ticking along as an adult. And you're just like, how do you survive? But I love you, but man, you do my head in sometimes. So that's our hot mess. We've got the middle character who is, we call everything to everyone and they just stretch really thin. So they are a little bit optimistic. They think, oh, I can totally get there in 10 minutes. They don't consider traffic or parking or any of the other things they need to probably consider. And that's why they're late and, and they're, try, they're just trying to give too much. They're a little bit stretched. That character does have a shoe, but still looks a little bit disheveled. And the 
then we've got our base level organized. So they're the three answers that come out of the quiz. And it's it's just cute. It's really cute and really fun and animated and everything. It's our original animated um, characters and world, which we've made specifically to, uh, to complement the online course. And don't get me wrong, even within the course itself in the, in the, in level up our, our major course, there are times where I start the video by going, this content is really dry. I'm really sorry. Um, and then I try and make it as fun as I can, but it is me talking to camera and showing people the worksheets, how to use them and using all of those uh, skills and fundamentals that I want everyone to know, because these are the things I'm trying to teach my teenage son as he finishes his last year of high school. And it's only taken his whole life, but this year he came to me, he's about to do his last year of high school. And he's like, so can you show me how to use this tool that you've been telling me about for about four years? I'm like, yeah, but couldn't you have listened to me four years ago? (laughs) Um, But they're all skills that we need. And if I can teach them to, my nine-year-old is amazing um, at some of this stuff. And I always say, I'm like, if I can get a nine-year-old to do it, we can do it. Like you can do it. It's going to be fine. So very cool. Well, who is kind of like your target market, your target customer? Who should be interested in potentially taking this level up course for meal? So I think I think everyone needs time management. So I'd love to say everyone, but I definitely I can definitely see this. Uh, I've noticed a lot of women it appeals to. I think we resonate with what we see, and uh, a lot of my stories and examples are obviously based on myself and my life. So that that resonates for, for women. Um, a lot of the when I think about the women that did the pilot, there was a, a real mix, uh, but the majority were small business owners or some, well, people that are women that had a side hustle. So though they had some structure in their dead day, they were looking at setting some really big goals. So if you are overwhelmed, if you have a lot on your plate and you're constantly juggling, if you struggle with mental load, so if you carry a lot of the admin and life admin in your in your head for you, yourself and your family, um, some of the strategies and tools that I teach in the course will help you reduce those but also put strategies in place to, to really make long-term change and have some discipline in those spaces. Um, but definitely if you're the kind of person that has looked at goals or setting goals and, and putting plans in place in the past, but you kind of didn't get there and you can't work out why, and you don't know how to break things down and fit them into your life with good time management, it's all the fundamentals of how to get from A to B to C. And some people look at the map and go, okay, but then they don't have the right shoes on. So it's like, okay, well, let me get you the right shoes or show you how to tie them up properly and then we'll do it together. And, and I'll tell you what to do when you get to B. Like, let's not think about C just yet. Let's just get to B because it's all practice. It's almost like if you, you know, if you want to run a marathon, you can just get up and run every day and, and train by yourself. But if you then have someone that's talking to you about nutrition and someone that's kidding you up with the right gear and someone that's talking to you about your sleep and talking to you about your running style and all of those things, there are all the different elements that I kind of look at when it comes to this long-term goal of making a real change with time and task management. Very nice. Well, you've got the new Level Up course launching at the end of this month. Um, For anyone who's interested, what's the best way for them to check it out? 
Sure. Uh, so, so they know when and what to do and all of that sort of stuff to check us out on social media. So organize curate design on Instagram and Facebook. Our main website is organizedcuratedesign.com, which links straight to our Kajabi page where you can check everything out. If you're listening to this and you're like, I think I like this, but I'm not sure. And you're thinking I want to get started or you've already got something that you want to get started in game on might be the best option for you. It's $99. That's Australian dollars. So just converts to whatever currency you're in. And it's just a nice teaser. It gives you all the core fundamentals of, or some of the fundamentals of what we talk about. So we cover decision fatigue, which everyone has um, and everyone struggles with. Uh, I teach people about the Eisenhower matrix and how to use the tool, but how to use it to assess when you do your tasks. It refers to that terminology of important and urgent that I was referring to before. We also talk about seeing your time as an asset. So that's a mindset shift. That's really important right at the beginning. And I talk about it in the sense that if I had a pocket full of money and every step I took, I just dropped a $50 note, I'd be picking that $50 note back up. Like I wouldn't do that, but we waste time all the time. Now, self-care and um, you know looking after yourself and resting is really important, but only when it's intentional, when you're doing things and you don't realize that's when you are literally dropping those $50 notes. So sh- shifting that mindset is one of the first things we cover. Um, and we do that even in game on and um, yeah. And then just talking about the tools. So my two favorite tech tools, are my Google calendar, which everything lives through and, um, and I use Asana for task management. So I teach everyone kind of how to use those and how I use them. And, and you get a lot of that even in game on. So that might be the step you need to just see if it's for you. And then from there, you can join in when we open doors on the 31st of January and, and see if Level Up is, is the right thing for you. Very nice. Um, I, I, I All of those those concepts like are definitely important. They're familiar. The one that jumped out at me is decision fatigue. I try to uh, very deliberately, I have a drawer of my work shirts. It has only work shirts. So that way when I wake <laughs> up in the morning, I just grab, put my yeah, hand in there. I don't see? even have to look. <laughs> That's such a good idea. Yeah. Maybe you can include that in the course. Yeah, I think so. I nice. think well, everyone needs those little hacks though. And uh, yeah. I, that's if if it's if anything's gonna get me when it comes to watching social media and procrastinating, it's always the hack videos. It's the it's always the ones where people are teaching me how to do things faster or better. And I'm like, these are the best videos. So no, any hacks like that, you know, planning your clothes the night before. I'll give everyone a bit of a sneak peek of one of the things. And, because as we know, we all repurpose the information we hear. So this is not original, but one of the decision fatigue kind of hacks that I really love is the rule of no number seven. So if you have to make a decision, and I heard this on a podcast a very long time ago, um, and if you have to make a decision, if you rate it out of 10, one obviously being poor, 10 being high, but you're not allowed to use the number seven, what would you rate it? And... Seven is that number that we give to things where we're kind of just being kind or we're trying to push it over the edge. But if it's a six or under, it's a no. And if it's an eight plus, it's a yes. And so if you're not allowed to use seven, it's amazing how how much easier it is to make decisions. So I use that one all the time. I definitely use it when I'm procrastinating and I'm online shopping and I'm about to put something in the cart or purchase something I don't really need. And I run it through the no number sevens rule. I'm like, I don't need this or I don't really want this. I love (laughs) that. So it's a 
really, really good one. Yeah. Now, now I'm secretly hoping that someday someone will be referencing the podcast that they listen to where they're now doing the work through thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. Definitely. You need to have a section in your wardrobe for the clothes you wear to work. Or just be a you know, stereotypical entrepreneur and just wear like the same gray hoodie every day. Yes. Yeah. I, I thought about that. that one as too, but I needed a little bit of variety in bit my life. Variety. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Caroline, uh, tell us just kind of in, in conclusion and wrapping this up, like I know you're still in process, but like really what, what has changed in your life as a result of kind of bringing this content that you were doing in the physical world on into the digital world? I think for me personally, I, I'm just so excited that the thing that people have wanted from me and the business for such a long time, because it's something I used to have inquiries about all the time. They're like, oh, do you have an online course? Or do you have an ebook? Or do you have this? And I'm like, no, I'm doing other things right now. I'm really, really excited that it's out there. I'm or just to be just about to be out there in the world. And that it's something I'm really proud of as well. So I think not only have I managed to grab all of those expertise and create two amazing online courses, they're easy to access. I've been completely blown away at how great the Kajabi platform is. Um, a lot of the people that did the pilot use the app as well. So they would um, sometimes listen to some of the classes, kind of like listening to a podcast while they were walking. And if they then needed to go back and kind of the timestamp the part where they're like, I need to look at that because of the worksheet or whatever else. And and so knowing that it was accessible to so many people, I just can't, like I, I was finding that I was starting to spread myself too thin. I was starting to not know how to get my expertise and my skills out to more people. And so the timing was perfect. And it's really freed up the creativity as well to create this online space and this online world where now I get to jump around in silly colorful clothes and be a bit fun and make funny videos and at the underlying tone of that is here are some incredible skills that you can pick up to improve your time and task management which will give you more time to do the things in life that are most important to you so if I can do that and and I've managed to do that in this online world space I am really really proud and really excited to see what that's going to mean for our business moving forward I love it more time is something that everyone 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 could use well once again January 31st it was your yeah so Launching? that's Australian time. Okay. Um, so in the future, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but if they jump on our website, organizedcreatdesign.com and head to the courses page, there's a wait list there. So then regardless of what time zone, you will be told when the doors are open. Awesome. Well, thank you once again, Caroline, for sharing your story with us today. We really appreciate you jumping on. It's my absolute pleasure. Have a great day, everyone. All right. Well, that is all we have for you today. Uh, thank you once again for listening uh, we're looking forward to seeing you all next week uh, with our next guest on the Kajabi Edge podcast.